Well, here we are, folks. Worm the Hockey Podcast back with you. If you haven't already, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, the big ones being rate and review. We appreciate it. Uh, you do that and you help us continue to climb the charts. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Worm the Hockey Podcast, at Worm the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Like and follow us there. This week, special weeks, we're putting out two episodes back to back, 80 and 81. Episode 80 today is all about junior hockey. Um, we uh, cover a lot of things. Junior hockey uh, is underway uh, with the BCHL, uh, the CHL, and uh, NCAA just finished with their national championship. So we'll re- recap that and, re- and review that. Um, so make sure you're settled in and you're ready for that. Episode 81 tomorrow uh, will be all about trade deadline, trade deadline recap. So we hope you enjoy it. Warm the Hockey Podcast, episodes 80 and 81 this week. Um, again, we appreciate all our listeners driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for continuing to tune in and your continued support. Um, again, 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 please uh, uh, rate and review Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, those are the big ones. Um, sub- subscriptions are the first step. Um, but rating and reviewing uh, are the big one with the new algorithms and all these different things to help shows climb the charts. Uh, so we we really need your support and 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 everything on that so we can continue to grow and can continue to put out quality content, hockey content for all of you. Uh, we appreciate all our listeners and all your continued support. Uh, we can't do it without you, and we can't thank you enough. We're in the Hockey Podcast, Episode 80 and 81, Junior Hockey and trade deadline recap this week. Settle in for those two episodes of War Room, the Hockey Podcast. We're going to jump right into it, um, and we hope you enjoy. Warm the Hockey Podcast, episode 80, Junior Hockey, uh, this week. We're starting things off. We're going to re- real quick touch, because it's already finished, the NCAA Division I Men's Hockey National Championship between the St. Cloud State Huskies and the University of uh, Massachusetts at Amherst. University of Massachusetts Amherst with a 5 nothing win to bring home their first the school's first national championship, so congratulations to them. Uh, great tournament, uh, obviously navigating some COVID uh, things. I saw two schools, uh, at two or three schools at the least, have to completely pull out um, of the tournament. So um, congratulations to the University of Massachusetts on a national championship. Uh, one thing, uh, as we transition real quick, that we forgot to mention um, that I want to mention before we kind of jump into our discussion together, seeing as it's just me with the intro this week. Um, one thing to note due to, to COVID and to the late start of the BCHL season and the CJHL season, um, a lot of the top tier players in the BCHL and the CJHL um, have moved down to the USHL. Uh, the USHL has been playing their season um, kind of a full season. Um, may or may not necessarily be with fans, but they have been playing a full season. Uh, so a lot of the players, in order to get uh, playing time, have transitioned, transferred, if you will, um, 
to play for teams in the USHL. So a lot of the teams now that uh, the BCHL and the CJHL are underway are without some of their top tier players. Um, not that it won't, not that there will be a major difference in the quality of play. It's junior A hockey. It is very, very good hockey. Um, but a number of the top tier players are not there this season, and rightfully so. You do have to understand that you know these kids are trying to get Division One. Um, recruitments. They're trying to get, uh, trying to sign national letters of intent. They're trying to um, get drafted into major junior uh, or even the NHL. And it's important that scouts see them play. And unfortunately, um, the way things are going, no matter what side of the fence you fall on with COVID and whatever else, uh, kids need to play in order to do that. And you got to go where they're letting you play. USHL is doing that, so uh, good for them. Um, but the BCHL and the CJHL are underway uh, within in bubble hockey, especially in the BCHL in the in our region. Uh, three teams per bubble in all these different locations, with exception of four teams in the Albany Valley region. Um, to and they will play within the bubbles. Three teams just playing each other for 20 to 22 game regular season before they transition into playoffs. Uh, right now, the Penticton Bees in our region are six and zero to start the year, They're looking for a, their seventh straight win to go seven and zero to start the season. Uh, they are playing the Trail Smoke Eaters and the Cranbrook Bucks in their bubble in Penticton. So, congratulations to the Bees on a hot start. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, junior hockey, NCAA hockey. One thing I do want to bring up is a uh, is a, an article um, seen uh, an April seventh article. Uh, 2021 by Scott Stinson uh, in the National Post uh, talking about um, as the Frozen Four begins, obviously it's it's concluded, uh, but as the Frozen Four begins, NCAA is luring more talent away from Canadian junior hockey. Uh, that's the title of the article. Um, Gary McCarr has vivid memories of the Frozen Four, the NCAA Men's National, uh, the Men's College Hockey Championship begins Thursday in Pittsburgh. McCarr traveled from his Calgary home two years ago to watch his son Kale play in the Frozen Four that was held that year in Buffalo. Kale's UMass team squeezed past Denver in overtime in the semis, and then it was on to face powerhouse Minnesota Duluth in the final. Uh, Gary McCarr, uh, the father of the great defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche, Kale McCarr, is quoted Okay, and this is Scott Stinson's article, not mine, um, but Gary McCarr is quoted as saying, quote, honestly, the atmosphere, the intensity of that final game, it matched the intensity of the NHL playoffs, um, and the players didn't look any smaller either. Stinson goes on to uh, to make comparisons. He says Compar the comparison to the NHL playoffs comes easily. Just days after the Frozen Four experience, Lu UMass lost in the final. The McCars were in Denver watching Kale make his NHL debut with the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs. Quote, it was out of the fire and into the frying pan, uh, Gary McCarr says with a chuckle, but that experience made cars jump so much easier. Um, Stinson continues, it has been quite a jump. McCarr, 22, won the Calder Trophy that season, um, last season, and in the NHL's pandemic-shortened year with 50 points in 57 games on the Avalanche blue line. He's one of many stars on a loaded Avalanche team and looks to be destined to be in the Team Canada and Norris Trophy discussions for many years. Um, again, uh, this is Stinson's article, not mine. I need to reiterate that. Um, 
Stinson continues, he got there by what is, by today's standards for a standout Canadian player, an unusual route, um, but that is changing. More than a third of NHL players have come through the U.S. college system, a number that was 20% just 20 years ago. Some of, the, some of that is a reflection of the influx of American-born talent into the NHL. Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Johnny Goudreau, etc., among others, um, all played in the NCAA, but Canadians are also eyeing the U.S. college system in increasing numbers. If nothing else, college hockey is proving to be a viable alternative to the well-worn route to the pros for a Canadian kid. Get drafted in the Canadian Hockey League and hope to eventually make the leap from junior to the professional ranks. It's the overwhelming choice for Canadian, but it's no secret the system has its flaws. Major junior players can have pro-like careers in every way, but the payment subject to travel and trades and all the other ways junior hockey is big business in this country. There have been lawsuits over wages and labor law challenges and hazing horror stories that have collectively raised questions about whether junior hockey system is really the ideal way to train young players. Now, obviously, you can debate that um, amongst yourselves. I know my dad, that I, who I do my pod, this podcast with, um, he's an advocate uh, for, for Major Junior. I, too, like Major Junior, uh, but there is something to be said for the NCAA uh, system and the NCAA route, as you're seeing from um, Mr. Stinson in his article here. Um, Gary McCarr, again, quoted as saying, to me, it's just very logical to go that college route. The NCAA gives you a lot more time to develop. We all get stars in our eyes about how well these young kids are doing, but the reality is that you get some more time in college. You don't need to be in a rush. And that, that is very accurate. Uh, you do see, um, unfortunately, in junior, uh, you age out at 20. Now, obviously, major junior does have an educational system to allow uh, kids to continue to, to educate themselves and get a diploma and do these different things. Um, but you do age out at 20, so you either you have a choice to make. You can either go to the coast, the CHL. You can go, hopefully, if you're good enough, you can go AHL or even NHL. Uh, not every kid is that lucky. Now, obviously, you know, you earn your way into the NHL, you earn your way into the NHL. That being said, though, you do have to wonder, and it, you don't want to play the what-if game, but you do have to wonder how many kids might have had a chance if they went the NCAA route simply because uh, there's more room to play into your 20s in the NCAA. Whereas in junior, you age out of 20, and you either have to make it to the next step or you find another job. So major junior is great. Um, it does provide the type of hockey that is similar um, in a lot of ways to the pro ranks, um, but you do not have the same amount of time to develop. Um, not every kid um, is a Connor McDavid or a Nathan McKinnon. Not every kid is a Sidney Crosby. And a lot of kids um, are developing tremendous, tremendous careers um, because they had more time to develop in the NCAA ranks. Uh, Paul Stasny is a big standout in the NHL today. Of the entire 2005 draft class, he is third in career points. Uh, he did tremendous things at the University of Denver. Uh, national championship, and he had uh, he's had himself a tremendous career so far, um, and that is and can be attributed to the development that NCAA hockey gave him. Uh, we are advocates here with War Room for developmental hockey. We are advocates, and we bow down to the way the BCHL, for example, develops young players, um, even major junior. Good on you. Developmental hockey is developmental hockey, but the NCAA does have its perks. Um, 
Uh, Gary McCarr again says that for them, part of the appeal of a place like UMass was knowing that Kale would have some time there to grow and mature. Uh, quote, you just map it out, saying, okay, what's the next step? You can either try the Canadian Hockey League and you might be done at 19 or 20. But if a kid gets a four-year commitment from an NCAA program, then even if the NHL doesn't come calling, they come out on the other side with a college education. Now, again, you can still get an education in uh, major junior, um, but even if the NHL doesn't come calling, you can play your four years of Division One hockey and come out with a top-flight education. And, a career, and hopefully a career path, even though, again, that's a different rabbit hole on, on college degrees and the job market today. Nonetheless, you come out with a top-flight education. Um, so there's something to be said for that. You have your dreams, of course, but our whole goal was if you can parlay your hockey potential into an education, that's fantastic. Uh, Gary McCarr said, you never know what can happen, and he is correct. Again, not a bad article here from Mr. Stinson. Uh, despite being drafted by the Medicine Hat Tigers of the Western Hockey, Western hockey League, um, Kale McCarr committed to UMass, uh, where he ultimately played two seasons after having been drafted fourth overall by the Avalanche. It has obviously worked out just fine. Kale's younger brother, Taylor, is committed to the, to the UMass team for next season. Gary McCarr knows the stories of Kale and kids like him will change the perception of the NCAA. Quote, the information that's out there to try to help Canadians understand the NCAA is ten times more than it was, but it's nothing like what we were exposed to with the Canadian Hockey League. It is still the I'm-not-quite-sure-about-it route, but the successes of guys like the Tyson Josts, the Kale McCars, will cause people to go, hey, what's this route now? And so it's a busy few days of hockey for the McCars, the Avalanche leading the Western Division, uh, get games against the last-place Ducks on Friday, Sunday, Thursday, it's the semifinals of the NCAA Championship with UMass up against Minnesota Duluth in a rematch of the 2019 final. If UMass wins that one, it'll be the it will be in the final on Saturday, conveniently in between the Avalanche game days. We'll be watching, says McCarr, and cheering. Um, not not a bad article. Uh, from Mr. Stinson, again, not as detailed as I thought it was going to be uh, from Scott Stinson, but not a bad article and not f necessarily false with a lot of things that were said. Um, again, the beauty of options, you have the route you want to go, but uh, the NCAA is becoming more and more the top option. So anyway, that being said, uh, we're going to transition. I hope I haven't bored you to death already with my monotone voice, um, but we are going to transition real quick. Uh, we're going to touch real quick on the BCHL standings, and then we are going to get right into our Zoom conversation that we did this week for this week's episode of our junior and developmental hockey discussion. Uh, let's see, jumping into it, uh, let me pull up the standings here for everybody. BCHL standings, uh, again, they're in bubbles. Uh, so you have your Port Alberni pod, which is the Nanaimo Clippers, the Victoria Grizzlies, the Alberni Valley Bulldogs, the Cowton Valley Capitals, your Coquitlam pod, which is Powell River Kings, Surrey Eagles, Coquitlam Express, your Vernon pod, Vernon Vipers, Salmon Arm Silverbacks, West Kelowna Warriors, your Penticton pod, Cranbrook Bucks, Trail Smoke Eaters, Penticton Vs, and your Chilliwack pod, Merritt Centennials, Prince George Spruce Kings, Chilliwack Chiefs. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five pods. Uh, Nanaimo Clippers at a four and two record lead the Port Alberni pod. 
uh, and earned first place, uh, tied with a 4-2 record with the Victoria Grizzlies, uh, Couch and Valley with a slow start. Surrey Eagles atop the Coquitlam pod, 4-2. Vernon atop their pod, 3-2. Penticton, 6-0 in their pod, and Chilliwack, 4-2 in theirs. Um, Again, 20 to 22 game uh, schedule uh, in this shortened season, um, but good hockey nonetheless. And good hockey despite uh, some top tier players moving on to the USHL. Uh, I appreciate a source of mine for enlightening me on that tidbit. Uh, the CHL uh, just announced that they have canceled uh, the Memorial Cup due to um, issues, obviously, surrounding COVID. Um, pull up the article here. CHL announced cancellation of 2021 Memorial Cup. They announced it Tuesday. It has made the very difficult decision to cancel the 2021 Memorial Cup in association with the WHL, OHL, and the Q. Uh, this is the second year in a row the Memorial Cup has fallen victim to COVID after the CHL called off major junior playoffs. Um and the 2020 championship near the start of the pandemic in late March last year. The CHL, quote, is committed to the health and safety of our players, their families and billets, our teams, staff, and officials, and the communities in which we play. That has driven all of our difficult decisions for the last year as we have dealt with this global pandemic, said CHL President Dan McKenzie in a press release. The decision, quote, was made based on the limitations on travel, border restrictions, and quarantining requirements that would make it impossible to produce league champions. Um... The CHL had initially been targeting a June, June Memorial Cup in either Oshawa or Sault Ste. Marie, but that looked to be up in the air as the OHL remained sidelined while WHL and the Q pushed forward with shortened campaigns. Uh, the Q has its 12 Quebec teams and six Atlantic Canada teams playing in separate divisions. It plans to have a Final Four with three teams from Quebec and one from the Maritimes being crowned a champion. The WHL is going with exclusive division play for four divisions. Uh, details on potential playoffs have not been released, but look for those soon. The CHL says the timing and location of the 2022 Memorial Cup will be announced at a later date. Um, personal opinion on all this, I will say um, due to uh, border restrictions and everything else, it's not a bad decision. Um, however, it's also something... Um, it's also something to that maybe again, health and safety is a priority, but it's something to uh, maybe have been to found a solution for. Again, if we're talking developmental hockey, these are kids that that need and are looking for playing time and time with eyeballs on them from scouts as they are trying to prepare for the next step. And without um, without eyeballs, without fans, without scouts, without a Memorial Cup, without all these things, uh, that is, again, another travesty um, as these kids are now potentially missing out. Uh, so, so much of this generation has missed out on proms and dates and graduations and things um and it's a shame again to me to me it doesn't matter what side of the political fence you fall on with covid or anything like that uh, there should be better solutions to this so that these kids can continue to work and play um it's a, it really is a shame anyway uh again i've carried on enough episode 80 of war in the hockey podcast we we're discussing junior hockey this week um i just gave you a very very at length discussion 
of myself here. Uh, we'll transition and just jump right into our Zoom discussion that we had, uh, that we have had uh, regarding this topic as well. Episode 80 of War Room the Hockey Podcast. Brad Rauer, uh, my father, joining via Zoom. Enjoy. Well, we're back here, and we have this week we have our 80th episode. So 80 episodes. We're closing in inch by inch um, on 100. Um, Beautiful. If it weren't for some of the technical difficulties we faced in the past, I'm sure we'd already be at 100 probably with some of the weeks we've missed and whatever, but we're yeah. such as life and the burden. And there was that, there was that pulled hamstring and everything that we had to, with that lower body injury. I have had a few upper body injuries in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here we are on 80. And uh you've got some you've got Frozen 4 news, right? Do, yes. Um So we fit, faced a couple in the first uh, and second rounds a couple of COVID situations um that saw um some unique things. Um as we mentioned um a week or two ago Notre Dame um had to pull out. So Boston College got a, a first round bye. Uh, they faced St. Cloud in the second round and lost. So St. Cloud is um, St. Cloud and Minnesota State are now the two teams on that side of the bracket in the Frozen Four. Minnesota State knocking off uh, the Gophers uh, to get to the Frozen Four. Um, Minnesota Duluth, a five overtime marathon, knocking off North Dakota, and UMass Amherst beating Bemidji. So your four teams are uh, Minnesota Duluth, uh, UMass Amherst, Minnesota State, and Saint Cloud. Um, Michigan uh, couldn't even play; uh, they were another COVID situation. So Minnesota Duluth got an immediate buy into that round to play North Dakota. And we all, if you follow it, you all saw what happened with that. So five overtimes and a surprising, not surprising, UMD is a good team, a good school, but a shock, if you will, bracket-wise, to see them knock off North Dakota. And uh, so you have your four teams there, Frozen Four, uh, I believe is happening this weekend. So. We'll see that uh, four teams. We did mention a week or two ago how once we had the four teams, we'd make our prediction on national champions. <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, UMass Amherst, St. Cloud State, Minnesota State. If you had to pick one, I'd probably go with eh, the way they're playing. I'd probably go with uh, UMass or St. Cloud. Probably, I'd probably go UMass Amherst. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb with Duluth. Hard to ignore them after knocking off North Dakota. So, but I was also 0 for four. So I guess you could say I'm due to get one right here. Yes. Well, you're going Duluth. It's not a bad pick. Um, probably not a far stretch after they knocked off North Dakota to say that they're a team to be reckoned with. UMass Amherst obviously has been great since uh, the likes of Kale McCarr and everything went there. 
they've been playing well. Minnesota State has always, for the past few years, has been tops of the WCHA, and St. Cloud is is running through uh, this tournament this year. So um, it should be should be a good Frozen Four for the national championship. Um, so it'll be fun to fun to see. Unfortunately, we can't watch it necessarily unless you subscribe to certain streaming services here in Canada. But it's it should be should be fun nonetheless. So it always is, and that's high energy stuff. These guys are even may, even maybe more so this year than usual because you got them all bound up in bubbles and whatnot. So wow. But well, speaking of an NCAA ninety four because we're having a discussion of junior hockey this week, 94 uh, BCHL alum, alumni qualified for the NCAA tournament. So 94, 94 players in the NCAA tournament came out of the BCHL. Came out of the BCHL. That's a great stat. Yeah. So again, to go back from a year or so ago with the BCHL showcase and the numbers we threw out, BCHL is producing more and more players each year that that are Division One commit commits and and really really good hockey players. Um, so they are continuing to do well in the developmental stuff, which we like to talk about a lot. So yes, I love it. Hey, uh, speaking of developmental news. Connor Bedard has now, as a 15-year-old, not only has he been, uh, for the Regina Pats, um, been named to the uh, CHL under-18 top prospects team as a, at, remember, he's 15 years old, been named to the top prospect game, but, uh, or uh, to represent Canada in the U18s, I mean. But he's also uh, basically, he's, if he didn't, based on the last game, uh, he's at the top of the of the WHL in scoring as a 15-year-old. As a 15-year-old. So good for him. But the question to, to be said with that would be, and again, obviously you can't really predict it until he gets to that next level. But you, you'd be careful with something like that, that he's not reaching his peak now. You know what Here's I mean? Here's why I... I don't think he will, and I'll, and I'll say this with a bit of inside information. Uh, I skated last week with Derek Armstrong, uh, whose son, Easton, is playing on Bedard's line in Regina. Okay. Um, this kid is not just – he's – I hesitate to say this because it's going to sound too silly, but he's going to, uh, you know, you originally you look at him and you say, well, he's got a lot of, he looks a lot like a, a Mitch Marner or a, a Matt Barzell or somebody like that. But he's, he's way thicker built than those guys. He's way heavier built. He's got, um, he's got that sort of uh, quadzilla, Sid Crosby type of build. He's he, low center of gravity, really solid, only at 5'9 or 5'10, but impossible to take off the puck. So I would say that he probably translates better than some of the kids who come out. And, and the opposite of that would be the, um, the chicken hawk from 
Bugs Bunny, who's yep. huge upper body and and not quite as uh, quite as heavy in the in uh, below the equator. But anyway, this kid is going to be he's going to translate well at 15. If you're dominating the WHL, you're you've got a lot to look forward to. Yep, agreed. And, uh, they may still be, you know, he may still end up in Buffalo because they're probably going to get the number one pick for the next however many years the league allows it. Um, but anyway, to, to recap all this, uh, so 23 players named to the CHL under-18 team that will represent Canada. Not a single one of them from the queue. Now, whether or not that is because of a COVID issue, I wish I knew as of right now, but it's hard to imagine that there's not one kid from the queue that is, that can make this team. So we'll, we'll see. I'll try to get more clarity on that. But uh, some of the kids you'll know, though, in addition to Connor Bedard, you've got, um, you got Cole Sillinger in Medicine Hat, Chase Stillman in Sudbury, Shane Wright in Kingston. There are some guys that you're going to see a lot of. And another kid, uh, Carson Lambos from Winnipeg, uh, on that team. So the ice have turned their fortunes around there as well. Anyway, lots to, uh, lots to be excited about. And it, not the least of which is that these kids are finally back on the ice and competing and that, that teams can finally get a look at who they might be drafting and, and who's coming along, who they're playing with and against and, and where they fit into the, where they fit into the scheme. Because of, as of today, we're still looking for, uh, we're still looking for this year's draft to take place in a couple months. Right. Yep. June. So, um, based on relevance for our area, uh, WHL, BCHL, uh, 20 to 24 game schedules for, for junior hockey this year. So they are fast place, fast paced sprints from beginning <laughs> to end. Yeah. Vernon, Salmon Arm, and West Kelowna are a pod in the BCHL. They're, that's one pod. Uh, the Penticton pod is Cranbrook, Penticton, and Trail. And you got Surrey, Coquitlam. And um, oh, what's the thirteen? Drawing a blank on that one. I'll have to look it up here while I, while I continue uh, continue this. Uh, Merritt, Chilliwack, and Prince George are are in a pod. Well, let me look up here what the three teams are there. Yeah, PG is uh, the, at Powell River, Surrey oh, Powell, Powell River. River. Yep, that's it. So uh, PG is with Chilliwack and Merritt, and Powell River is with Coquitlam and Surrey. For, for their pods. They'll play 20 games and they'll, they'll play 20 games of just those three teams playing against each other. Um, Wenatchee is obviously because of border issues is, is not playing in, right. in this shortened season. Um, but you got uh, good, good little pod hockey there that uh, should be exciting to watch if you're able to. Uh, the WHL is underway. Uh, normally this early, you don't want to discuss uh, standings and and things like that usually, uh, but given that it's a twenty to twenty four game schedule, it's going to happen rapidly. Uh, yeah. So where teams are falling here in the first couple games is likely to be where they fall at the end, just because of, the, of how quickly it is. Uh, which means in the BC division or in the US division, we'll start there. Everett, 
uh, at five and one is already kind of taken off in the U.S. division. Everett Silvertips, uh, Seattle at four and two, Portland at three and one, BC division Kamloops at in in the top spot two and zero, oh, with Vancouver and Kelowna rounding out the top three there. The now, rest of the, what's that? Wrong. Did not. Did, I I believe I saw last night that the Kelowna Rockets had been shut down. Did they have a COVID issue and and were put in some sort of timeout? Um, you know? I did not see, but I can look it up here. I yeah, go go ahead with the pod info. I'll um I'll take a look to see if there's an update on this. Okay. Uh, 14 day suspension of the Kelowna Rockets started last night. Well, probably has to go to do with the same restrictions going around with restaurants and things here in the Okanagan as well. So definitely, but you got uh, tri cities, PG, uh, Victoria and Spokane rounding out the Western conference wildcard race there. Edmonton is nine and one. The Oil Kings, they're nine and one to start. Medicine Hat, seven and three. Calgary, five and five. With Saskatoon, Brandon, and Winnipeg uh, closing at the or at the top of the East Division. Saskatoon's nine and zero, oh. so they're playing good hockey. Regina, Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, Lethbridge, Red Deer, and. Poor Swift Current again, um, rounding out the Eastern Conference wild card. Swift Current down at the bottom, two and seven to start the. All the more reason why again you talk about it. Finn Williams in Penticton played played in PG, traded to Penticton. Yeah, he's likely to go to Michigan. Definitely. Yeah, this will be his last. Poor Swift Current, but he's likely to go to Michigan just to play meaningful hockey. Michigan has themselves a good program. Uh, you get an education, and they're they're starting to produce NHL caliber players at a rapid rate, the way junior hockey does and has been. Um, again, could be wrong. Only time will tell. But just based on play, based on this and that, you know, Buffalo Sabers esque. I'm <laughs> making my prediction. I don't see Finn Williams going to Swift Current. Uh, and, being, and and at that point, and again, he's, what, 16 right now, 17? So he's a year or two away still. Who knows what happens with Swift Current in that time? But he, he'd be the guy there, and that's a lot of weight to put on on one guy to to turn around that Broncos organization. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a stretch to predict that he's going to be a major impact player and probably build one and done guy, whether he goes to Swift or to Michigan. He's going to go out in the draft at 18 next year and most likely be gone. That would be, of course, you know, who knows? He might, he might do a second year, but he could be a guy that is NHL ready in a year and a half. Is of, of the bunch of them, because he was so mature when we saw him at the showcase last year uh, in the fall of 19, we saw him at the BCHL showcase. He just, he was a standout at that time as a, as a young 16 year old. Oh, absolutely. He's now the captain in Penticton for the V's. Yep. So uh, to close out, we forgot a few teams and a few pods in the BCHL. So close that out real quick. Um, 
Alberni Valley, Cowichan, Nanaimo, and Victoria are four teams in a pod there. Again, Coquitlam, Powell River, and Surrey. Mention them. Salmon Arm, Vernon, and West Kelowna. Right. And Cranbrook, Penticton yeah. Trail. Yeah. Chilliwack, Merritt, PG. So there's all your teams minus Wenatchee just simply because of border issues. Uh, yeah. But there you go. You get your wish. Why are they playing in the BCHL? <laughs> uh, you get your wish. They're now not playing in the BCHL for at least this shortened year. So there, there you go. So, Who's laughing now? I am. So, there's, there's your teams. There's your pods there for the BCHL. They're playing 20 games again, all within pod, so you won't see crossover. Um, and, yeah, should be exciting. Um, Depending on where you're – where you're listening from and where your interests lie. If you, uh, we say this all the time, if you get a chance to watch a CHL games, whether it's the Quebec major junior league, whether it's the Ontario league, the Western league, or you get a chance to watch the BCHL, find it, look for it on television, look for it on hockey TV, look for it on the internet, stream it. This is, this is fantastically passionate hockey and this year you've got guys vying for a spot in the draft vying to make some to get onto someone's radar and they've got about a month and a half to do it they've got 25 games maybe uh plus playoffs so the 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 passion in this deal these are these are kids they're teenagers they're playing for their lives right now this is the this is their dream since they were knee high, and they are and and now is the, kind of the beginning and the end of the, it could be careers for a lot of them. Just what happens in the next twenty games? So yep. if you get a chance to see it, please do because it will never ever disappoint. So, anything on on junior hockey that you want to mention before we uh, close things out? This week was a shorter episode, obviously. Uh, kind of just a preview of a rundown of things, just mentioning where things are at right now. Um, obviously, next week with, with more time for us, as well as anything else, we can go into more detail or or whatever the case may be, come playoff time, whatever. But at least for this week, anything you want to want to finish with? I'm, you know what? I'm just thrilled to see them back. It, it has been for the last year. It's been so frustrating to see all of these kids, 16, 17, 18, 19, some of them now aged out, missed their opportunity to play their last year in either university or, or junior, um, aged out of, the, uh, out of the mix, now trying to, to find a place to get a tryout. Now you've got kids that maybe are, had gone into the draft and got overlooked because they didn't get a chance to finish their season. Bubble guys from that fifth, sixth, seventh round we may not see the fallout of this for two or three years or more because you may see some excellent players that start out in the East coast league because they didn't get a chance to finish their junior or, or NC2A career start out in the coast, you know, and work their way through the AHL and get a shot. So keep an eye on this. You, you may see more. I got a hunch that you're going to see more in Four or five years, you're going to see more undrafted players, more Marty St. Louis, Curtis Josephs, than, than we normally do. If you see one or two a year show up in, in the NHL, that's a big deal. 
I, you may easily see 10 or 12 three or four years from now. Yep. So keep an eye on that. Thrilled for these guys to be back. Thrilled that scouts across the country, across both countries, can now go back and be able to see these guys. And in fact, in, in pods, now you don't, have, you don't have to drive six hours. You know, you, you don't have to drive uh, all night long and live on Timmy's uh, to get to see a kid. So now you go to a pod, you can actually stay for a week or two and, and uh, take a break, so to speak. But anyway, thrilled to have it back. It's great stuff. Uh, it's very, very meaningful. Even if you don't have a son or a, a team or uh, a, a community in, your, in the hunt for you, it's just so meaningful to watch these guys play. And once you, once you see it, it's just fantastic, as you know. Absolutely. So that's exciting. Lots to look forward to in the coming weeks. Um, make sure you head to Facebook and Instagram, War Room the Hockey Podcast, at War Room the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Um, make sure you like and follow us there. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, subscribe, rate and review. Um, and we will continue to push forward to hopefully here at some point bring you video podcasts and and do all that for you we appreciate uh the listeners and their their patience and their support through everything uh, all Definitely. the weeks off and the technical difficulties and the zoom and the all that stuff so we appreciate it and we will continue to bring content each week that we we enjoy talking about but hope you the listeners do as well and yeah a lot of exciting stuff a lot of helmet throwing and stuff in the nhl going on and a lot of <laughs> different things like that to look forward to so um, a lot of exciting stuff as we get ready for trade deadline in the nhl um playoffs again at some point we are bound to get an answer to the question of what happens if not all nhl teams can play all 56 games uh does playoff uh, spots get determined by win percentage all these different factors Stuff like that. Lots of lot coming up. Lots to look forward to. A lot of questions still to be answered, and then including about the draft and whatever else. So, yeah. a lot going and on. With that in mind, two or three weeks from now, when we've had a chance to see some of these leagues develop and some of the players uh, emerge, we will. Um, we should sometime, probably between now and the end of the month, the end of April ish, we ought to at least put a, a preliminary draft ranking out. Yep, uh, we can do that, and we'll, we'll also have, we'll also have, we'll do that, and we'll also hopefully because it's April, hopefully have uh, Ryan Walter back on with us. Yes, uh, I know he mentioned getting back on in April. I know we'd love to have him literally any time he wants to be on. Um, and we we're gonna we're gonna do more. This is more for the listeners listeners than it is for me and you. We're gonna do more and more. Uh, as we discussed over the last two or three weeks about the heart of the game, uh, the heart of hockey. And we absolutely encourage you to send in any kind of stories of people that you know, or, or situations that you're aware of that we should put some air under and, and people that need to be recognized for their heart uh, and for their contribution to the game and for the game's contribution to them, which is equally impressive. So uh, please engage us on that. Uh, again, like you always say, Evan, you have any questions or comments or anything like that, you want to tell us how fantastic we are, uh, please use any of the means at your disposal to let us know. Absolutely, 100%. So uh, thank you for joining via Zoom this week again. I love it. I love enjoy, it. Enjoy it each time. And yep. we'll, uh, we'll 
look forward to next week and doing it again. So absolutely. I'm Evan Rauer with Warren, the hockey podcast, and we will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.